Robins at the Gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. With Who Knows Wins, this is not betting as you know it. Put your money where your mates are. Playing is easy. Make your predictions on the outcomes of your chosen fixtures. For every result you predict correctly, you get a point in your league. At the end of the competition, whoever's got the most points wins and proves their top dog. Choose your own entry fee, however substantial or small, and split the winner's pot as you see fit. Who Knows Wins. Download the app now and start playing. Welcome along to Robins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. We will be reflecting on the Derby win in this episode. Kamara Jiju and Antoine Semenyo, lots to say about that. And we'll reflect upon Derby and their coaching sort of setup, which was quite interesting. Gregor had a look at that and considered the Bristol City performance as well. We want to talk about what it's like to sort of watch on the TV compared to being at the ground and what you see and what you don't see because I know obviously we miss the atmosphere but wanted to touch on that we'll look ahead to Watford and we'll also look ahead to Reading uh, hello Gregor how are you? yeah okay uh, how are you doing? yeah all good thank you all good um, on Twitter this week we asked for fans to get in touch if they would like to do a 60 second review of the game and this week we chose Corey and uh, his Twitter handle if you'd like to tweet him is BCFC Corey so safe to say he's a fan and this was his review we'll start with this today of the Derby game First of all, I thought it was a great result today, um, considering the tough week we've had. Um, it's only one and a half proper days of training, as, as Dean Alden said in his, in his press conference. I think all the credit has to go to the players and the staff. I think they've obviously worked really hard to get us as prepared as we could have been for the game today. Um, it was pretty obvious what Derby had come to, to do, and they tried to sit in deep and to frustrate us. I thought we remained patient, uh, we stayed strong, good defensively, uh, and we took our chance at the end. Um, when I match with Viner for me, I thought he was fantastic. He's really come into his own in that back four, centre half, and also thought Semenya was, was really good, and he, he's starting to show why he's in the team. Um, I think the last two games have shown exactly the kind of results that we, we need to get if we, if we want to challenge this year, and we grinded out a win from, from both those games. With with little possession and and had to had to grab, and the thing that excites me most about about this is that we're third in the league, and I still don't feel we've seen the best of Bristol City under the Holden. So that was Corey giving us his review of the game. If you'd like to do the same next week, we ask for 60 seconds. Just get in touch via Robins at the Gate on Twitter. That was a very good review, I thought. It sort of covered a lot off there, Gregor. So maybe I'll just get rid of you and I could just do it like that. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> joking aside, Corey had some excellent points there. Um, I just wanted to start with Zach Viner because... I think he's been excellent as well this season. I feel like he's really come of age. You know, he's had these loans and now under Dean Holden, he's really getting a chance. I know injuries are sort of playing a part in that as well. But he has been fantastic, hasn't he? And, and yesterday, even though the Bristol City performance, I wouldn't say was electric, he was solid. Yeah, definitely. He's been getting better game by game. He led the game for interceptions yesterday. And I can remember a couple of times him just flying in and getting to the ball first ahead of yeah, the likes to, of Waghorn and Just a touch and on Lawrence. that. Yeah, interceptions. Uh, he now leads the way in interceptions. 21, successful tackles 16, shots blocked 14 and clearances made. 30. So he's he's leading the way for Bristol City interceptions over the season as well. And he got five yesterday. So yeah, good spot, Gregor. 
Yeah, and Bristol City in the past have really used that kind of metric to bring in players. Adam Webster was another player who really led the league for interceptions. Is Essentially, that's one of the ways you can tell that somebody can read the game well. As I mean, you can also say that it's, it's a byproduct of someone being athletic and being in the right place at the right time. But when you, these mount up, then there's obviously something else there. So it is a sign that that um, somebody reads the game well. And yeah, as you say, Zach is getting better and better. And uh, yeah, I, th- I thought he was brilliant in the seven-side derby. And he was very good with Callas, uh, both those guys, uh, yesterday against Derby. Yeah, I thought he was excellent from what I saw as well. Um, derby had an unusual setup. They've yet to appoint a permanent manager or head coach. Who knows what the setup will be? Four people... Gregor is a lot, isn't it? Four senior coaching staff. And I know everyone has backroom staff, but it's sort of, I guess for me, I would feel that it's like too many cooks in the kitchen because they've got Wayne Rooney on the pitch, who's apparently in charge of them all. And he had a good game by all accounts. And then you've got Liam Rossini on the side. What did you make of the way Derby went about it yesterday? And was it a good time for Bristol City to play them, do you think? I thought it was a bad time to play them, actually. I thought that they really looked... Well, I thought they looked pretty well organised and they did look really up for the game. And, I mean, on the match generally, I, I agree. I don't think Bristol City played their best game by any means. It, it looked like it was going to be a draw um, for me or it was going to be settled by just one score. And I actually thought it had a derby win written all over it. I actually bumped into Lee Carsley outside the ground when I was going in for my derby uh, midfielder now England under twenties boss and he said to me that he thought it was going to be a derby win and he was mm. genuine when he was saying that. So and I think a lot of people from outside would have seen about the COVID outbreak and the lack of preparation. Mm. And I think this had a derby win written all over it. So for Bristol City to then grab the three points, I think it's a huge victory for them. Yeah. Massive um statement for for the club and, and great work by Dean Holden and the spirit of the in the squad. But it wasn't a, a great display by any means and and uh, I mean the guys on the radio local radio were saying that Bristol City almost stole the game and I can see where they came from uh, from that so yeah Derby were were a little bit unlucky maybe to not take anything from the game but the yeah, four they, man management yeah, got um, setup that they had I didn't I mean it's, it's difficult to tell from just one game I mean we spoke to me and Rosinia after the game I, I thought it might be Wayne Rooney and then they were obviously passing notes onto the pitch and yeah. uh, Liam explained after the game that this was to do with the shape that they wanted the, the side set up in and yeah it, unfortunately it's not really worked out for them but I do think there were some good signs for Derby I'd always think when they pass the notes on the pitch as well like what do players do with them because I've seen players put them in their socks some players <laughs> like tear them up I just I just go and nick it and read what it said you know it's not that big a secret because you'll find out yeah. in a couple of minutes won't you so but yeah you're right you, up sorry go on do you remember Marlon, Marlon Pack did exactly yeah. that a couple of seasons ago he nicked it off Josh Onomar who was at Fulham at the time I think I and then there was a, a bit of a buster a scuffle <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. It was good that was I like a bit of character in a game like that uh, yeah Derby had 63% possession as well but they didn't really test the Bristol City defence in terms of shots on target only two it really was a disruptive week though like Gregor touched on there with the Covid outbreak in the Bristol City camp I know Dean Holden spoke about this more it was a bit of a surprise I suppose to hear that Dean Holden had it himself thankfully he was asymptomatic and he's fine um how big an effect did it have on the on the game gregor and speaking from 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 speaking to dean what were your reflections on on how it was sort of dealt with in the bristol city camp 
Yeah, huge effect. Absolutely huge effect. I mean, Dean Holden confirmed after the game that more than 10 people had mm-hmm. had um, COVID positive tests. And um, we, I've read today that we heard from one source that it was as high as 15 or 17 people, which is just incredible. And actually, I think that bore out in the post-match um, in, um, interviews with Dean Holden because he explained how proud he was of his side to basically be able to put in that display and to be able to scrap and get the three points given what they'd had over the last two weeks and and I mean Jamie Patterson tweeted in the after the game saying that everything was against them so for them to grab the victory that is just a, a tremendous sign of the spirit in the camp a fantastic display for, for them um, of resolution and yeah just speaking to Dean Holden after the game he was he was a little bit um, tetchy actually in, a, in the interview because he didn't really he wasn't um, he didn't want to be objective at all and, and recognise any that Bristol City hadn't played well on the pitch. And in some regards, um, it wasn't their most flowing, a most fluid game of football, maybe lacking a little bit of quality in the final third. But that's to be completely expected. Um, but what they did have was obviously heart and, and, and a grit and, a, and yeah, a willingness to not be defeated and they scrapped for everything and they fought out and grabbed another win and uh, that's a good sign. And given that it's now three wins in a row and, and finally a win after an international break, because yeah. they haven't had one of those for quite a long time, then um, then all good signs. Yeah, I mean, fair, fair play to Dean Holden. Probably felt like they deserved some credit in some ways because of all the disruption. And in his eyes, given everything that happened, they probably did put in a performance in context. From Arashisha with the goal, uh, Antoine Semenya again involved. I mean, he's he's been fantastic this season, Semenya, hasn't he? He is brilliant. Um, sort of the breakthrough. Well, with Backinson, I suppose those two have been the breakthrough guys of, of this of this campaign. He's had this potential for for a while, and it's just great to see him developing now. And yeah, fourth assist in the league, six overall. I think that's that's some going. And some going. He just yeah, needs his goal, didn't he? Yeah, just needs the league strike. He obviously had two in the Carabao Cup, and yep. I think it will come. The thing for me yesterday was that he was just so positive when he got on the ball, and he had so many drives at the Derby defence, and he had four shots, which I think is probably the most shots I've seen from him having one game. So I do feel that there's that there's more to come from Antoine, which is which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Right, coming up after the break, we've got two games to look ahead to and we want to discuss what it's like watching on TV rather than being at the ground. Robins at the gate. With Who Knows Wins, this is not betting as you know it. Download the app now and start playing. Robins at the gate with Michelle Owen. Welcome back. Yes, that's Who Knows Wins, our sponsor. Get involved this coming weekend. Another six games for you to predict at the last time of checking. Gordon the Golfer was top of the league last weekend. You just predict six scores. You don't even have to get them all right, but the person who gets the most right wins their share of the pot. It's that simple, and it's on the Who Knows Wins app. So, Gregor, you are at most of the games at the moment. I'm at various games all around and about, all a bit different this season because there's only one Premier League 3pm kickoff. But I tell you what, it's so different watching highlights or watching on TV because you simply don't see everything. And I, I saw this being talked about on social media. I just wanted to bring it up with you. It's those little things that players do off the ball, isn't it? You know, your Jamie Patterson runs or, or the work rate of someone, yes, he's out injured, someone like Vyman. You just don't see it on TV, do you? So... For you at the ground at the moment, are we missing anything, would you say, that, that's not being picked up on the cameras? Well, yeah, I think I think you are. But 
but only from like a, an individual viewpoint because when I'm at a game, if I'm not working, there's th certain things I like to focus on, like maybe a certain player or a certain opposition player, the bench, what they're doing, how the manager is reacting at times. And obviously you're not in control of that when you're, when you're at home watching on screen. So, yeah, it's not the same. And obviously for us reporters at the ground, it's not the same because the atmosphere is not the same. The acoustics are very different. Um, I, I actually think yesterday's game was a little example of where things would have been different if the crowd had been there because I do think Bristol City were very understandably a little bit lethargic at times and <laughs> and full credit to them for, for plugging away. Um, and But they maybe had a little a lack of intensity at times uh, that, that Derby, Derby maybe got on top of them and that's why they dominated the ball and territory at times. But if there'd been the crowd there willing them on, they'd probably get that shot of adrenaline and maybe a force to get yeah. forward a little bit more. So... It's, it's, it's just such it's just so weird without the fans and we've been doing it for months now and I, I just hope and pray that may, I'm, I'm optimistic and you know this is not based on much apart from the news about the vaccine and hopefully it gets rolled out that maybe just maybe come spring we might get some fans back I'm just keeping everything crossed for that because like Gregor says it's just so flat without fans and you can just see having the fans there gives the players that extra just a couple of percent sometimes. Maybe it's more than that at times as well, but you can, you can just tell. And there's a big game coming up uh, at home on Wednesday, Gregor, which actually, you know what? I was going to be at this game um, for Five Live and I hadn't seen a Bristol City game in person for a couple of weeks. So I was looking forward to it. But now I'm, I'm actually going to be watching on the TV because I'm presenting the highlights of the game, which I'm excited about on Quest. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, it was one in person that I was really excited about because it's Watford. And at this point of the season, surprisingly enough, Bristol City are above Watford in the table, which maybe not many people would have seen coming. I still think it's early days, but after 12 games played, Bristol City are a point above and two places above. Now, Watford I've taken in a couple of times this season, and it's hard to know what to expect from them. They're pretty solid at home. I think they've got one of the best records in the league at home. I took in their 3-2 win against Coventry a couple of weeks ago, and that was a topsy-turvy game. But they drew one all with QPR at the weekend, who are struggling. So... Again, Gregor, good, good time to play them because I don't think they really know themselves yet. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, I think it could be a good time to play Bristol City though as well given the, the last few weeks they've had. Mm. I mean, yeah, I agree with what Corey was saying at the beginning of, of, the, of the show here that it, we probably haven't seen the best of Bristol City yet and I don't want to judge the team too much on yesterday's performance because it was a bit of a, a strange one in terms of yeah, the build-up and the lack of preparation and just one and a half days on the training pitch. So, yeah, I do feel that there probably is more to come from this Bristol City side and it's a question of how much. They're on a good run at the moment. Um, but how long is it going to last? And this, maybe this kind of game actually against Watford that is really going to show where they're at. And if they could get another win here, then I, then I think it probably does show that they they are well in the mix for the top six. However, I, I, I do think Watford have got more to come from them themselves as well. And as I say, it could be a good time to play City. They, I see they've only had that one win on the road so far still after the, the late equaliser against QPR at the weekend. So maybe with all the quality they've got, maybe they deserve something a bit more and um, I'd be a little bit fearful of that coming to the fore on Wednesday, but we'll see.
Yeah, I think they'll, they'll want to bounce back with all respect to QPR. They'll want to bounce back from that. And you just look at some of the players in, the, in their starting lineup. And I watch them against Coventry. There is that class there. And they do play classy football at times. You know, they've got Troy Deeney on the bench, for goodness sake. Even though he's not fully fit, I wouldn't say yet. But the likes of Ismail Assar, Ajao Pedro, Andre Gray. Going forward, Gregor, this is a big test for a depleted Bristol City defence, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably a bit of a mystery how they've only scored three goals on the road so far from six games. And with those players that you've mentioned there, surely it's just a matter of time before some of them score. Although not necessarily because this is football. But that, that would be my worry. The, the other thing is, though, as you say, Bristol City have got a great spirit and um, they're fresh off another win, three, three wins in a row. So they're going to be really tough to put away. And... Um, I'm hopeful that, that basically, yeah, they can keep it going in midweek. Okay, keeping with the theme of a good time to play teams, hard to say if this will be a good time or not to play Reading because they've got to play Millwall yet and Bristol City have got to play Derby. But we're going to preview the Reading game now uh, because we've got two games this week and then we'll come back next week and reflect on Reading and Watford. But the wheels have come off at Reading, Gregor. Um, they were top of the table at one point. It was them and Bristol City vying for that spot just a few weeks ago. And then they lost to Coventry at the end of October. And since then, they cannot find a win. In fact, they've lost four league games in a row. It's been a pretty dreadful time after such a terrific start to the season. But as you say, at the start, you do sort of feel that some teams are in a false position. Watching them, I thought they were okay. I've, I, um, I've seen a couple of Reading games, but the ones I saw, they weren't particularly amazing in. They did beat Watford, but uh, they also had some emphatic wins in there, but they lost to Bournemouth 4-2 on Saturday. From what you've seen of, of Reading, do you feel that they're sort of where you'd expect them to be now? Yeah, I, I think we were at that stage of the season where things are on, beginning it. to set, set up. It. Give it. Give us the phrase. Regression of the mean. <laughs> Regression yes. to the mean. <laughs> Regression to the mean. Yeah, I feel like teams are starting to yeah, settle into their natural place, which is <clears throat> why I think maybe the next few fixtures are really vital for Bristol City. I think there is more to come from them. And if they could really click and say say they beat Watford convincingly, then, then I think that really sets up Bristol City to have a go this season. Um, as for Reading, yeah, I mean, I have to say, I'm going to be honest, when they went 2-0 up, I, had, I did think to myself, that game is not over yet. And given their recent <laughs> form, I would not be surprised to see Bournemouth come into it. So when they went, I, last, the ne next thing I saw, it was 2-2 and I thought, here we go. And then, yeah, obviously um, they, they lost by yeah, a couple of goals in the end. So that, that's what happens, isn't it? And likewise, we'll see somebody um, probably emerge from the pack in the second half of the season who maybe hasn't done anything so far. It, it's all about the the 46-game campaign, isn't it? And, and getting it right over that entire period rather than just mm. peaks and troughs. So, long way to go yet, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Gregor, I get the feeling you're just a little bit, like for you, you're a little bit pessimistic after the Derby game, even though Bristol City got three points. Am I right or am I wrong? No, I think that's good signs. I'm just, I, I don't want to get carried away with it, anything at the moment because yeah. it is only days 12 games in we're not, we've not reached a third of the season yet I just think with the 1-0 wins I'd be a little bit careful because could you you can make out an argument that maybe they were a little bit lucky in the last few games that basically those games could have gone um, the other way and it is always such fine margins football so 
yeah, good signs for Bristol City at the moment. And um, hopefully they can keep it going. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you're being tentative. That's probably probably a good word. Um, I just want to touch as well. You talked about, and we both talked about the spirit in the in the Bristol City camp being so depleted as they have been recently because of injuries and COVID. Is there a slight difference this season? Do you think? Because there's some great images from the end of the game yesterday of, of Dan Bentley hauling Thomas Callis. Was it Thomas Callis up off the floor? Um, he was absolutely yeah. shattered. And then, as a, and in the background, Fam is is hugging Wayne Rooney, which we wouldn't have believed a couple of years ago. Um, but there are a couple of images that really sort of sum up the team spirit, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And actually, those international guys have done brilliantly for the club. I mean, Adam Nagy, who's gone away, he's played three games every single minute for Hungary, apart from six minutes. And then he's come back and he's put in such a shift in the midfield there. And he was fantastic um, for much of the game against Derby, just harrying at the likes of Bird in the middle and Holmes in the middle. And yeah, Callas as well. Um, two clean sheets for the Czech Republic over the last few days and he's come back in and again he was just he was magnificent at the back there uh, defensively they have shown real signs of improvement over the last few games and that's that's the biggest positive for me as you said earlier Viner has been brilliant alongside him and it's interesting that they've gone back to this four at the back and they've kept back-to-back clean sheets now which which seems yeah. odd from them playing three at the back earlier yeah. so it's good well, that they've well, they Will they stick with that, Gregor? What did you say? Will they stick with that system? I think they will for the moment, yeah, because it it seems to be working. And they did did obviously go back to the 3-5-2 later on in the game when Taylor Moore replaced Narky Wells. So, yeah, that's another feather in the cap because they've got this other system. Um, Plenty of good signs there defensively and yeah I, I just just think if they can keep it going and they can hang in there I'm not sure they've got quite enough still to be promoted this season I think that's a big leap mm. but, may, but maybe well definitely to be in the mix for the top six so so yeah yeah and a, and a tricky few games coming up as well because Watford up first which is a big test and I would definitely expect them eventually to be there or thereabouts then it's Reading uh, at the weekend, and then it just keeps keeps going, doesn't it? It's pretty much Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, right through December. Yeah, I, I still think the three relegated sides from the Premier League are the teams to catch. And I mean, we've just seen Norwich go back to the top, haven't they? With a mm-hmm. crazy game up at Middlesbrough, I'm sure Neil Warnock wasn't <laughs> happy with the way that panned out. But oh, yeah, and and then and then Bournemouth roaring back against Reading, and that's why I'm a little bit. Um, tentative, as you say, about Watford coming because I do think they've got some very good players there, and at some point they might just get things going in the right direction. Just, just on finally on the spirit at Bristol City, yeah, it, it, it's fantastic, as you say. I think it probably is slightly different to last season. I, I do feel that this is one massive area that Dean Holden has 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 sort of improved at the club and something he's brought in that maybe just things are a little bit more settled than they were under Lee Johnson and that spirit might carry the club um, a little bit further. I definitely feel that this team has made big strides forward from last season. I mean, they finished 12th, didn't they, last, mm. last season? Whereas I can see this club being comfortably top half, um, whereabouts, not not too sure at the moment. But but yeah, there's there's definitely lots of positives there. Yeah, perhaps a happier camp. I just look at, just finally, Gregor, I look though at the sort of top 10, top 12, top half of the table at the moment. And I look through the table and and actually, I, I don't know, 
who else is going to be challenging for that top six? I do fancy Borough just because, simply because of Neil Warnock as well. I think he'll always mm. give a team a promotion push. But where the teams are at the moment, apart from sort of Brentford and maybe Cardiff, you'd expect to sort of push on up. I feel, I feel like Bristol City, like you say, will be there or thereabouts. Definitely flirting with, with the top six, I think. Because other teams I just haven't seen enough of yet to think, apart from, you know, Norwich and Bournemouth, who I'd be quite confident will be in the top six. The others I'm not sure yet. Even Swansea can be in, inconsistent. So it feels wide, wide open in terms of the top half, but I now feel yeah, I, the other half is sort of dropping away. Yeah, I, I think there's more to come from Brentford, for example. Uh, yeah, they've slipped points, yeah, yeah. Th- three draws in a row for them, and um, they're not losing, but they're not winning. And uh, yeah, they're mo- I think, well, I think at some point they will score a few more goals yeah. and get back to winning ways. Uh, Middlesbrough, I completely agree with you. They they really impressed me when they came to Ashton Gate. They just looked so solid defensively. Swansea gave um, a really good game um, the last two, two matches, actually, over the Liberty as well at the end of last season. And yeah, I, I thought they really matched Bristol City and maybe looked at a slightly better team for me. Mm. Um, but then, so like, yeah, there's a few teams for them. Yeah, there are a few teams. And then I, I say, you know, I'm not too sure about teams sort of a little further down the table. But then when you've got two games a week, it can change so quickly. So that's actually a foolish thing to say. Because who knows, <laughs> if, if someone like Cardiff or Huddersfield, who are 15th and 16th, pick up a couple of wins... And then they're, yeah. then they're shooting straight back up. That is the joy of the championship, which just seems more intense than ever this season, Gregor, with so many games to squeeze in. Because we, it's because we started later in September, isn't it? But it's uh, yeah. The, the, the team that I think well, I'm going to tip to come back into it at some point as well is Blackburn. I just mm, look at their squad. 14th. I think they've got so much. Yeah, got so much quality. I'm surprised they're not higher, but we'll see what happens. I've watched Blackburn, and they were very good. The, the couple of times I've watched them, and Harvey Elliott, what a player! So yes, I think that's, mm. a, that's a good shout. For from Gregor. Basically, at the end of that little chat about the championship, we're none the wiser. <laughs> that, that's the championship for you. Um, Gregor, thanks as always for, for coming on the podcast this week. Um, we'll join you again next week. We're going to be back after the Watford game, after the Reading game. Fingers crossed for two big results for Bristol City. And we will catch you then. Thank you for listening. Robins at the gate. With who knows wins. This is not betting as you know it. Download the app now and start playing. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts.